Chapter 1 in Recurring Events I saw the woman quickly speed down the steps while lifting up her dress. A loud, deafening roar shook her home as a man I could not see set off yet. Another gunshot. She screamed as she pushed open the front door. I followed closely behind her. I able to do anything other than watch as everything unfolded. The thin screen door smacked against the panel walling of the house. It was as if I too had been, could feel the sharp pang radiating to her skull as the man grabbed a fistful of her hair and pulled her back. Her back smacked into the wet mud. Her now wet fizzy hair laid out in front of her like string. She slipped on the ends of her dress as she desperately attempted to sit, stand up. How, please, I hear, heard her beg. What has happened to you? It's me. It's Lavina. Her boots slipped on the mud, and the thick and hardened sole of the man's shoe planted itself into her back, causing her to crash into the ground again. She slipped, flipped over onto her back, exhausted from the fight. Howard, this isn't you. Where's the journal? he demanded. His once blue eyes had gone black. He pointed a 45mm handgun at her and copped back to safety. Where is the journal? Tears rained down her cheeks, staining her face with colour of, mas- of a mascara. Howard, I know you're in there. Please, you must fight this. My heart aches for this woman. I don't know her. I did not know. A sharp clack echoed through the air. Levina, with laboured breaths, peered down her coal, which was now flowing with a thick red liquid. It soaked up her dress, discolouring the purple. She lied back and coughed. Blood burped, bubbled out of her body to, to, to vibrate with pain. It, it was as she and I were connected as one at this very moment. Harold, a face as cold as stone, stepped over Lavinia's body and pulled down back the trigger and one last t- time right into Lavinia's head. I just, I just find the damn thing myself, he said as bad on her emotionless body. I shut awake in bed as I grasped for breath. I gripped into my soaked seats and wiped the cold sweat from my eyes. I, it was the third time this week I had this dream. I, I had no idea why. I flipped the covers off for me and walked towards my bathroom to get ready for work. Ever since I moved into this home, I've been haunted by the same nightmare almost every night. Every time I wake up with a cold sweat, I write down my pad of paper what that I left on my lampstand to buy a few pairs of sheets because it was annoying having to wash them same sheets every morning for, for the clammy sweat. Turning on the flacet, I c- c- splashed cold water into my face. It was refreshing and it opened up my pores to wake me up. I got my ho- comb wet before brushing back my smooth brown hair. My hair was longer on top then it was on the sides. I had a barber cut it this way so I could flip back my hair, which was what was in style. I missed having my beard, but since I had what I, where I worked, they required, to be, you, required you to be clean-shaven. I got dressed in my purple-coloured shrubs. Most men would wear feathering colours. I enjoy proving other men wrong. You can still wear pink and be manly. My muscles and my arms are proof enough. 
I lift downstairs and groaning of the wood, worn-out wood floors further reminded me that the flooring needed replacing. This home was built in the early 1900s, so it made sense that it was about due for improvements. Once I got in the kitchen, I whipped my typical protein shake with some spinach mixed in there. Protein helped with building up my muscle. I made a note on a different notepad. I was placed on my refrigerator to set up my home gym. I choked down my morning shake as I made my way to work. Today will be a good day. At least I told myself that every day. My mother always said to me that the day, your day is what you make of it. I gripped tightly onto the plastic handles of Mr. Walter's wheelchair as I steadily pushed him with the halls of the skilled nursery facility, or what we called SNF. One of its broken wheels squeaked as it glazed over the linen floors. I had to hunch over to reach the handles of the wheelchair, which left my shoulders curled up at an awkward angle. I wanted to make conversation with patients, like I always did. I found it helped to lift their spirits. Do you, do, do you, did you win a win bingo today's bingo? I asked. Mr. Walter's raspy voice always brought me comfort, like a man whose words could give you referring advice when you needed it most. No, Ted, I didn't. That damn Rachel got me again. I swear she's cheating. I chuckled. He said that every day. He's always someone who is cheating. A fluorescent light at the hit the newly mopped white-coloured flooring always made it easy to see Mr. Walter's reflection. This way I could offer, make out his mood better. Want me to report her? I offered jokingly. I can see if I can find you a winning card. Mr. Walters raised his finger. Yes, yes, do that, he began to whisper, which had made me strain to hear him. And sneaking another tapioca pudding while you're at it, I put out an... I let out another laugh as I pushed Mr. Walters to his room. I went sure to do that, sir. Press down the plastic shrubs of the wheel, back wheels to keep the wheelchair in place. Turning to the face of the man, I said, Ready to give it a go today on your own? Or would you like assistance? Mr. Walters smacked his wrinkled lips together. He pointed, his pointed chin stuck out more after he had gotten his tensions. He waved his hand dismissively. No, no, I got this. His hand shook as he moved from the sides of the chair and he slowly pushed himself up, made sure to stand up by his side at all times and took the stance ready to catch him at any moment. The stubborn man shuffled his feet across the floor. He gripped tightly on the bedding once he reached it. I pulled off the blankets on the man. He crawled into the bed as I positioned the pillows, just the way he always liked it. You're a good kid, son, he said. His shaking hand patted me on the arm. They didn't they didn't they don't raise them like you anymore. I grabbed a tray of food and patiently waited on the waited on the nightstand. The muscles of my cheeks tightened even more as my chin grew grin grew. Thank you, sir. It's it was was it was all my parent, parents. I visited Trey and Mr. What, at Walter's lap. How is your mum? I bit down hard and swallowed before forcing a smile. As good as things can be, ever be, can ever be. 
Mr. Waters frowned. It's a shame to end up like that, not remembering your children. Who your children are? I feel for you, boy. For you, my boy. Thank you, sir. I sighed and pointed to the two cups of tapioca pudding. Got you an extra? He winked at me before leaving the room. I checked the watch on my, on my wrist. It was nearly five o'clock, which meant it'd be time to clock out soon. I headed towards the employee locker room, which is towards the locker, the front lobby down the hallway to the left. As I walked through the lobby, I saw that other nurses were preoccupied with the television, where curiosity was piqued. I walked over to them, passing by the rows of chairs and crouches, and looked up at the screen which hung in the corner of the room. What's going on? I asked. My co-worker, Ben, responded. Another mental ill homeless man went missing. He looked up at the television with his hands covering his mouth. It's such a shame, you know. You know. I wish we could take them all. It would continue to happen. What did they think would happen after they passed the law, that law a few years ago? It caused the release of a bunch of mentally impaired people. They couldn't afford to go be in their homes. I know I've been going on for, for the past like years, but I know it's going to get steadily worse. It seems more people ain't been just taken just this past year. Christine's seven draw always made my cheeks warm up. I tried my best to hide it by rubbing my face. It's wrong with that if they're don't have insurance. Ye just left out in the streets like that. Some sicko must be picking some guys up and doing God knows what to them. They thought that a few days companies eight years ago weren't connected to the ones today. Chris had turned up to me. A face lit up with a smile. Hey there, Teddy. She reached her arm out and a playful hit, hit me on the arm. Always dumb. Almost done with your shift here, there, hun. I swallowed my nerves, fluttered in my stomach. A small contact. She always made me feel that way. I noted like trying not to smile too eagerly. Me, made me feel that way. I noted while trying not to smile too eagerly. I didn't want to seem desperate to her. Yeah, I was just about to clock out and head home. Now is the time to leave, Ted. Be casual. I waved at everyone before turning around, heading towards the locker room area. Right. When I clocked out, my cell phone jingle went off in my blue Jan sport backpack. The caller ID said it was my dad. Let out a small breath, sharp breath before answering. What is it, my dad? The shaky tone in my voice, father's voice, caused me to straighten up and posture in alarm. It's your mother, my chest constricted. My feet began, became lead. What's happened to her? Where is she? Is she okay? Every question. Each question blurted out quicker than the one before it. She's all right. She's okay. Done it, Dad. What, what, where is she? You can't just start calls like this. I know. I'm sorry. I just... You paused and I was almost ready to scream for the phone for an answer. We're in the hospital. I swung my backpack over my shoulder and charged towards the exit. What hospital? The one in your town. She escaped again. I unlocked my truck and the rusted metal hinges ground together as it opened. The screeching of the, of the engine made me realise I needed a new car. It wasn't that I couldn't afford one, but this is my very first vehicle. I made sure to make, take good care of it. I did all the things I couldn't get myself to part of it. I sighed as I buckled myself in. 
Dad, you've got to keep a better eye on her. Especially now that people like her gone missing. She could have gotten picked up by some stranger. I'm all right, I slammed the door shut. I know, I'm sorry, just... I just... I said I'm on my way. I hung up abruptly before taking off. Once at the hospital, I raced to my mother's room and found her tucked under some sheets playing with a remote that controlled the bed. Despite the tension being on, she's fully engrossed with the functions of a remote. She pressed up and the lips curled with excitement. When she pressed down and looked at her husband in awe, I couldn't help but smile for both relief and my mother's newfound innocence. Her long, graying hair sparkled. The bright silver strands hit the fluorescent living lighting above her. Mum, I breathed. I made, I, I made my way over to her. I dropped my backpack on the floor. I knelt on her boat at her bedside and took her hand. How are you? I'm okay, I'm fine, said she said lightheartedly. The skin around her lips was heavily wrinkled. There was creases around her eyes from all the years of happiness. I wish there were better food. I want some pizza. I don't want she gestured towards her plate with a flick of her hand. Whatever that is. I grimaced. I heard you want on a adventure today, Mum. She could end and push the buttons of remote. Oh yeah. Parker needed to go to the store, so I offered to take him. My brow frowned. I looked at my father, who's behind me. All my father did was a, was a shrug. His glasses shrunk a bit to a low hollow his nose. He used his fingers to push him up. Who's back? Pushed him back out. I turned my attention back to my mum. Who is Parker, mum? The young boy who lives down the street from us. Don't you remember? You used to. She turned off dead at the wall in front of her. Used to, used to, she blinked, as if she was came back, as if she came back to reality. Her breath caught her in my, my breath caught in my throat. She looked over at me, and my old smile came back. The one I grew up knowing. The smile would warm up any room it entered. My boy, she said, you came to see me. I touched my grip of my hand, on her hand. That I did, Mum. How are you? Oh, I don't know. She placed the remote down the side of the bed. I'm terribly dehydrated. They found me, though, quite fatigued. We had rider keeping me overnight. He wanted to make sure I didn't get any worse. I just wish I knew why I was out there in the woods. I do, but she took up, up her head. Shook her head. It seems so important now. How far away? Dad needs to keep a better eye on you. My mum's hazel eyes shine brightly. Oh, Ted, be easy on him, will you? He's doing... He's trying his best. He lays her hand on my cheek and that, that rough, smallest touch, no matter how old I got, always full of rush of comfort. Oh, that is good, that's good enough, okay? You worry about your, you and your life, Dad. I can handle ourselves. Dad and I can handle ourselves. I pressed my lips together. Okay, Mum, I knew better to argue with her. Maybe we should move away from the mountains and the Closer to Saint Gora Springs, he beamed. I'm closer to you. I'll be closer to you. I patted her hand while staying up and going over my to my father. My father's half dome set of hair always made me apprehensive that I one day start losing my hair at forty years old, like him. I was only ten years of age, off from that fate. Have you? Given her medicine, the doctor prescribed a whisper sternly. My father stood there with his hands in his pockets of the windbreaker. Yes, I've been giving Patricia her daily dosage, three times a day, like instructed by the doctor. I clicked my tongue against my teeth. I looked away from my father's eye. They, they, that, 
just won't, doesn't, won't work. Doesn't work, he said. My voice rose. What do you mean it don't work? We both peered at Mum, but she didn't turn, turn attention towards us. Get on the television screen. I lowered my tone through gritted teeth, I said. It's medicine. It's supposed to do what it's prescribed. My father struck his hands in defence. Before he could speak, I said, if they... If not, you could tell the doctor so he can either up the dosage or change the prescription. Son, we're doing all we can. I looked over to Mother. Yeah, it doesn't seem like enough. I faced him again. If you don't take better care of her, I will. I walked over to her mother to say goodbye by bending down to kiss her forehead. My tall stature made it so she could barely reach her arm up to pat my shoulder.